So mindfulness of breathing, generally, this is often um, presented, tracked through, um, tracking sensations, sensations, often the sensations of the flexing of the diaphragm or the swelling of the abdomen or the tickling in the nose, which uh, gives one something quite discernible to, to, to point your attention to. Mm. Mm. So that's, yeah, so that can be very helpful, but it, it, one thing it does, it's a couple of pitfalls, it, one is there's very little resonance with it. What I mean is, you know, you get the sensation, but do you, um, where does that go? Um, you know, it arises, passes, so you, you can recognize things arise and pass. But where does the, where does the happiness come from? Mm-hmm. And where does the rest of your body go? And the second point is that, that um, though this may be you know, skillful means, it isn't, the Buddha didn't teach it. So we can say, you know, yeah, you could go that way, but you don't necessarily have to. Um, now, in the text, the, the breathing is referred to as kaya sankara, and you know, maybe you know, maybe you don't know Pali, and but that's sort of there's something that very important in that. Breathing now is called the Kaya Sankara, and Sankara generally, and we'll go into this more, is a kind of activation, sort of a an activation uh, that that can lead to volition, can lead to p- kind of jumping, pushing, swelling, skillful or unskillful. So it's kind of activation that tends to to give rise to um, energies that run through the body. Mm-hmm. You know, it can even be called, even de, de, be described as those energies that run through the body, the kaya sankara. And this is referred to in in the teachings on mindfulness of breathing, in that one soothes and steadies this kaya sankara experience, this sense of an activation occurring in the bodily domain. So briefly, you know the. the Mindfulness of Breathing Sutta talks about, first of all, just getting to be mindful of breathing, taking position, whatever mindfulness means. And then the feeling of the length of the breath, the full flow of it, and then something called short breathing, which seems to be that the flow has become quieter or more, more still, and then sensing the entire body, kaya, and uh, thoroughly sensitive to the entire body, 
subtly sensitive to the kaya sankara and steadying it, soothing it, easing it. So that's that's you know what's presented. If we approach that from well, what is this kaya sankara anyway? Then my sense is my own personal experience is somatic um, quality of the body seems to fit rather well. You know, I didn't have those words. They didn't even have a word for nervous system in in because they didn't nerves are much too fine to detect, so they didn't really know, have words for those things. But we talk about nervous energy and oh yeah that. But it's that and it's also, you know, even subtler than that. And it's more widespread than just the immediate, you know, tightening or jangling of the nerves, but it's it's all in that. And naturally, you know, the breathing itself is regulated through a, through a vagus nerve, if you look at it in anatomy. But, you know, we're not looking at this in material ways, but actually how we experience it. How we experience body in the body. Not So if we begin to just soften around our visual perceptions of the body, and sense that, you know, and uh, come into what we call the ground, feeling very grounded. So you might say in this, in this sensing of the body, there's a sense of what's beneath. You know, and if we don't, if we kind of take away the idea of knees and ankles. Still, there's a sense of there's a beneath, there's a below, where it's set, where it can feel settled and supported. That may, of course, change. If you're lying on your back, it's in your back. So it's not really exactly the same as the as the physical body. It's the sense of the below, the ground, the base on which everything rests. And taking fuller time to find that. And the sense of a, an upright axis or a spinal system, something that's rising out of that. And you can actually even track this when you're lying down on your back. So it's a sense of something, you know, an upright sense where everything feels balanced. Standing is good for this and sitting and walking, best. So there's that sense, uh, a balancing sense, and then around that whole range of pressures and warmths and tights and hard and soft and tingling. Mm. We call these elemental properties, basic properties, and they also have an energy to them. They tend to, you know, pulse or stick or vibrate or, you know, they're actually not concrete elements, they're properties. The tendency for one's somatic presence to feel very tight or hard or flowing or fiery or warm or light so the fire element is light as well as warmth brightness, vitality and we just kind of have that simple palette and also the sense of space which is very much part of the embodiment experience. Space is the absence of pressure. The absence of pressure. So it can be sensing around. There is, you know, 
Is there any pressure against? Is there any resistance, any hardness at the periphery? Just acknowledging space around and in, including that. Because without that, what do you have? Very hard sense and space is part of it. It's also internally in the throat. Opening that, particularly there. And we feel within that some repeated movement, breathing in, breathing out. Now with the somatic sense, the, the qualities of mind very immediately affect it. They are then really not separate, they easily affect each other. We feel pushy, tense, tight, nervous, it's going to affect this somatic field. And similarly, if that bodily presence becomes relaxed, light, fluid, complete, then the Jitta also feels that way. So it's just a kind of bear in mind. And then the breathing is the flow of the prana, the life force flowing through, the life vitality flowing through that, rather like a stream. And it's a vehicle which can help to um, soften energy, spread it, suffuse it through the through this somatic form. So and this energy field of the body is like fields of energy and radiate even beyond the surface of the skin. With uh, establishing the right kind of uh, attention, uh, we must be cautious of time and even of space, because these are two inferred qualities, or or the, the there's a kind of unfortunate dysfunction in those those qualities. So dis- dysfunctional, there's a natural rhythm yeah, that's flowing, but the dysfunctional time is experiences a kind of pressure to, and you know, the pressure, the pressure of time, or the dragging back of time, the weight of time. It's really just a, an experience in energy, felt time. It's a very convincing experience, and from that all kinds of attitudes and um, drives occur. Because the Kaya Sankara very much affects the, <laughs> the Chitta Sankara. The Chitta Sankara's mental volition, the, the running, the surging of the mind for good or for bad, compulsive or benevolent. It's the energy that streams from the mind. And it's triggered by 
perceptions, impressions, and it's sympathetic to its embodiment, to the somatic awareness. So if our mind is, is running in time, is creating time, then that, there goes, their pressure is put into your body, as you would probably recognize in your daily lives. The other quality that uh, dysfunctional space. Now there is the space element, there's a sense of absence of pressure. This is something that wraps around us, holds us in a light uh, space. You know? It's uh, free, it's unobstructed, it's not intrusive, it just creates a sense of, gives me the you know, allows the body to rest in space because it's not being pushed around. Now, dysfunctional space is measured um, in terms of sense, um, you know, what we see, and also in terms of um, our lives get very full. We say, give me some space, you know. It means, what it means is I'm under pressure, I'm thinking a lot, there's a lot of thoughts and emotions coming up, I don't have any space. Well, you know, is that, that's a useful phrase. The dysfunctional space is this, uh, is generally a sense, again, of pressure. The other kind of dysfunctional space is when we completely lose contact with the body, we stream out. There's no ground. We're not grounded, we're just streaming out in thoughts. Mm. So the, these qualities of dysfunctionality is generally experienced in many ways, but it tends to be experienced primarily as this chattering parrot sits on your shoulder with some going on and on and on. Or it could be a monkey babbling in your ear, hanging around your neck, you know, and this is kind of often the theme for meditators is just, you know, certain, you really want to strangle the creature, but being good Dharma practitioner, you know, be nice, you know, gentle, kind, you know, go away, uh, be nice, you, know, you should not just take it out and throttle it. Because <laughs> it's eating up all your space. And this is really, what's happening is we're losing contact with the, the bodily formation. And the strange thing is, this, this strange stream of thoughts is the jitter's last stand. You know, got no other ground to stand on apart from this world of concepts and ideas, which is constantly sinking and dissolving, so I have to generate some more. Yeah. So the loss of connection to the somatic presence, well, you know, jitter has to find some something to stand on, so it stands on thoughts. And as much as part of you wants to dismiss them, you know, it won't happen. Because the jitta sankara, the volitional tendency of the heart, needs to be connected to the kaya sankara, to the bodily intelligence, otherwise it's got no ground. In daily life, that is. 
doesn't know itself. So it generates this huge thought realm and generally dredging up uh, habitual memories because they're familiar. Anything familiar will do. Isn't it? So why don't we play the same old theme again? Mm. It's uh, because of loss of connection to the somatic sense where there is balance, there is proper space which is felt as an absence of pressure within which I am at home. There is proper time which is the rhythm flowing on, something that gives us a sense of this mobility here. We're not frozen. So it's a lovely flowing movement that can be experienced. Now when you want to pay attention to this, you must bear these qualities in mind. Because very often what can happen is we tend to come from that rather dysfunctional state and apply the kind of attention which is generally not uh, spacious, and generally pressurized in time. Sense of trying to get a result, pressure, trying to make it work, trying to get better at it, trying to be mindful of it, trying. So the trying sense is a loss of proper time, we're pushing, or it's a loss of proper space. We're too close, we're crowding in on, on the breathing and the body starts to contract and tighten up. And it seems somehow, you know, almost counterintuitive to say, to be mindful of breathing, sometimes you just got to step back from it quite a bit to find, get into natural space, somatic space, not dysfunctional space, where you're spaced out, but somatic space. Hmm? Remember, space is not not measured in feet and inches. It's measured in the absence of pressure. So you, as you establish a frame of reference, you want to make it a proper size, not some scrunched up little thing that allows the breathing to express itself. And we have to sort of, sometimes it means you just want to step back and back and back, figuratively speaking, to get to the place where there's no pressure. Or it's just a sense of attunement to. It's not spaced out, meaning you dropped it and drifting off into the world of the crazy parrot. But, you know, like it's a light touch that's required, a light but steady and warmly inclined touch. Proper space, somatic space. You feel, yeah, you're definitely here with this, but you're not crowding in. There's a sense almost of respect for nature. Standing on the edge, and you have to negotiate. 
space, negotiate timing, pause. What is a natural rhythm? So breathing can teach us that in his own non-verbal way. If we really are respectful of nature, how it arises without me doing it, where it arises from, it's not pulled in through my chest, it swells in the belly, swelling. It's not dragged up through willpower or panic or the general go for it attitudes that we may unconsciously bring in. It naturally softly rises through the through the somatic field, sense of rising and Brightening. So you track that as best you can. Recognize it's always going to be, you know, this negotiation. Closer, waiting, asking questions. How is it now? Where is it now? All this is part of negotiation. Or is this now? Mm. now that, that's the process that that's, is pointed to, Vitaka Vichara, pointing, how is it now? Inviting within this. And like many gentle natural phenomena, it's not as stirring, exciting as, as neon lights and flashing and and the human stuff of power and energy and progress. But we're not looking for progress. That's time bound. We're looking for immediate, open, respectful contact. If these two, the jitta sankara, the, the mental inclination and the bodily energies start to touch and meet, interesting things is the, the parrot quietens down because the jitta is finding ground where ground is, real ground is, functional ground, proper ground home natural ground. So yeah, there is a quietening of that of that stuff. But it comes through addressing time, space, somatic presence. 
What are the signs of breathing? A swelling, a flowing, a sense of something that gently squeezes or pushes or rises or flows? Where do you feel it's most comfortable? So the skills of absorption are again connected to the natural facility of jitta, which is it is picks up signs or perceptions. That's what triggers it. So something frightens it, drives it chastises it, it picks up that and it shivers with that and it runs that into your body. So perception of associated with respect, with giving, with gentleness, these are skillful perceptions. And then picking up how the body responds to that, where it starts to feel less pressurized. Ah. There's where the comfort, comf- more comfortable. And then, if you resonate with that, the jitta picks up that sign. Just like anything you absorb into, it becomes the dominant feature of your mind. It resonates across the entire jitta field. So, if we focus on fearful objects, frightening objects, Vulnerable objects, passionate objects, that's what floods the field. That comes into your body. Re-traumatizing. Focus on, tend to involuntary, comfortable, given, jitter picks up that. And that resonates. And then this becomes the sign of the mind. And the more that you sense that, the body begins to feel that more strongly because the fields intersect. And then you take that quality, or with that, bearing that quality in mind, this is mindfulness. You pick up the sign of the mind, bring it into the body, pick up the sign of the body, bring it into the mind, you firm it up. You make much of that. and your breathing begins to steady into that, quieten down. And it's as if you're standing in that place. And being able to resonate that quality through the entire body field. So you're just moving up, breathing up, if you like. It's very gentle, like a thermal. Breathing up, breathing back, breathing down. Just sending it like something, a quality that's now quite soft and radiant. Sending that through the field, the bodily field. Whenever you find a restriction, hard edge, place that doesn't sense that, then you return to the place that's comfortable and you try to extend your awareness from the comfortable to the place that's not so open and stay there.
And you don't do anything about it. You let the body's energies do their work. They start to touch and meet and link up till the tight place begins to drain of tension or frozenness. Mm. So that sense of agreeable can move through the body and we experience something called piti, a buoyant, uplifted sense, state, which actually is felt bodily. Mm. This is, you know, touched into in the, in the sutta, but naturally not using the language that I'm using because it wasn't available. But when we begin to tease out the meanings of Kaya Sankara, Jitta Sankara, what's there in the teaching, what isn't there, you know, what does prana mean? Prana, prana sati, life force energy, you know, play with it. Know what's difficult and what's needed. You know, what's needed with most things is just a little more space. Less, less rush, a little more time. Then perceive or experience time and space become quite relevant features for our practice. When we lose it, and what kind of qualities of heart are required to return to that. 